Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio 3CR on 855 AM and Palestine Remembered with Robert Martin, Nasser Mashni and Yusuf Ahmed Rimawi. Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Good morning, Nasser. Yusuf, how are you doing? I'm well. So uh, another uh, edition of Palestine Remembered. What do we have today, Nasser? Yusuf, I'm very excited. We're, we're going to be joined by Ahmed Halehel from uh, Palestine, from Palestine, who is coming to perform in a play. And he's an actor and a director, and he's based at Haifa. He's written several plays, including Taha, which he'll be performing uh, in July. Um, he has performed in Ladins of the King of the Galilee, Judah and Bahol, What a Story is All About, uh, he's appeared in numerous productions, including uh, Caliban in Shakespeare, The Tempest, in David Farr's production, The Royal Shakespeare Company. Um, he has uh, performed with Dr. Roberto Miranda in Death of the Maiden, as Yusuf is in I Am Yusuf and This Is My Brother. I mean, this man is, you know, very well accomplished, and particularly in his film work, uh, includes the Palestinian films Personal Affairs, The Idol, The Time That Remains, America, Man Without a Cell Phone, and the Golden Globe award-winning Paradise Now. Well, without further delay, let's move on to our interview with Amr Hlehal from Haifa, Palestine. Amr, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. No, yeah. pleasure. Amr, uh, firstly, let's talk about your um, uh, the, the fantastic efforts you had uh, with your show, Aza, in Adelaide. It was very well received in, in the Fringe program over there. Yeah, actually, uh, you know... Um Coming to Australia is, uh, for us is the you know it's the uh, the second part of the world. It just you you always you can't really expect uh, any you know the reaction of people of your stories. So uh, being with two shows, Aza and Taha in Adelaide, it was uh, it was an amazing experience. It was it just a proof that the world is very small. And we live in a very, you know, the, our global village is really tiny and small and people are connected and we can share our very local personal stories with others that they, they, that you think they don't know anything about you. And sometimes they do, they don't know anything about you, but through theater and art and, uh, and music, that uh, people can really connect and be closer and be so it was an amazing experience really well, fantastic. we loved it we enjoyed it the audience were very 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 lovely and welcoming and they they really it was a warm visit 
Well, the reality is that uh, audiences the world over, and particularly in the West, are becoming more and more welcoming of A, Palestinian voices, and B, the Palestinian story. And it's a credit to artists like yourself, Ahmed, that this is the case. Now, you're coming to Melbourne July 10 to 14 uh, at the Victorian Arts Centre. You're going at the Arts Centre in Melbourne, excuse me, July 10 to 14. Um, Ahmed, you're going to be performing Taha, which is um, a play about Taha Muhammad Ali, uh, a Palestinian who was born in 1931 and passed away in 2011, God rest his soul. Can you tell us about the play? Yeah, the play. The play is, uh, as you said, it's about Taha Muhammad Ali. Taha Muhammad Ali, he is a very, very uh, unique voice of the Palestinian poetry. Uh, Taha Muhammad Ali started to write poetry when he was uh, around 52. Uh, And he is not really like... He's not a scholar, he's not uh, educated in schools. He left school when he was, I think, around eight uh, during Al-Nakba, and then, uh, and then he educated himself uh, by himself. Uh, he taught himself uh, literary, uh, English, uh, uh, music, everything. And he started writing in 50, uh, when he was 52, around uh, year 81, 82. So, um, and he he's coming from a family that uh, uh, were in Safuri. Safuri is a very big village uh, near Nazareth, and Safuri was destroyed in '48 during the Nakba. They escaped to the family escaped. He was around 16, 17 years year old, and they left to Lebanon. And then they sent back to Nazareth, and uh, he spent the rest of his life uh, since the 50s, early 50s, until 2012 in Nazareth as, as a, a souvenir shop owner. And also late uh, in his late uh, 50s, he started writing poetry. So the journey, the, the path of uh, Taha's life is covering the Palestinian history uh, 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 starting with the British, the ending of the British mandate until uh, today. And it's kind of the story of all the Palestinians who remained in Palestine after uh, 48 uh, Nakba. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's a very personal story, but it's still a very very a very Palestinian story every second house in Palestine uh, will you will hear the same uh, and similar stories about al Nakba and about how they remained in Palestine after this so uh, so with one play we tell uh, the story of a poet and also a story of a people Mm-hmm. Now, what can what can us what can our uh, the audience expect, uh, Ahmed? You're, you're performing; it's a solo show. What, what can they yeah. expect from you, uh, the performer? I actually, they can, you know, I'll like they they can be sure that they'll do my best <laughs> during the show. <laughs> well, yeah, you're a professional, and well regarded. So, sure. I think it's 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 about truth. It's something. It's a true story. It's so. It's this kind of theater. It's that we fight uh, uh, on the on our truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that the audience they follow a true story uh, uh, told with theatrical 
and artistic tools and it's a, uh, it's a one-man show but it's also a one-man story and and uh, I think you know um, they what what I think they will see it's a story about loss love and hope and it's a story it's a very a very personal human story talking about very difficult political situation now uh, Taha the poet uh, is not strange to the Australian media I was honored in 2010 to give the Arabic reading or recitals of some of his poetry on ABC's okay. Poetica program which is the most famous uh, program in Australian radio on poetry um, I want to ask you uh, Amir about uh, the message that you deliver in theatrical plays what is one thing that you deliver in theatrical plays that you cannot in other forms of arts I think what what what's very unique for me uh, about theater is that you let uh, uh, people's imagination to grow during the play because uh, other mediums like cinema by example they 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 let you see what they want you to see uh, and they fix for you for all of us the frames and the images and what we can see and what we can think and how we how we look at uh, things in theater uh, uh, it's the opposite it's just you let people to complete the image by themselves you tell them the story you open their imagination you give the, you will give them the hints for the images and they complete the image and they build the story in their minds with you you're just kind of a, a, a tube uh, as an actor you are uh, you are a tube very clear and clean tube that you let the information and the images uh, go through you to the people's minds and uh, uh, and eyes so which is the example that I always use it's just uh, it's, uh, it's about uh, a group of pigeons in cinema the director will shoot a group of pigeons and we all will see the same group of pigeons we see it on the screen so if we are 300 people sitting seeing the same film so we'll see the same image in theater the actor will say and a group of pigeons passed on the sky and then every one of us will see his own group of pigeons which is mm -hmm. this is the difference between theater and cinema for me and this is why theater is still so personal it's so public but it's so personal because your experience it's different from the experience who sits next to you in the same uh, uh, venue because you have the role of being involved to complete the picture and the image of of the play so uh, you are a partner you are not just audience you are you are part of what is happening in this black box what that we call theater so I think this is what make for me the difference because uh, imagination and especially these days which is the whole complete world is uh, is 
available through our phones. So our imaginations is, doesn't really work every day in the daily work, in the daily, daily life that we live uh, today. So in theater, you let people to uh, use their imagination again. And, and I think when, you, when, when we use our imagination, so we, we are more free as human beings. So this is why theater for me is the medium to connect with people. We're talking uh, to Amir Hleyhal, who is visiting us uh, in uh, July for his theatrical play, Taha. Uh, we will be back uh, after uh, the uh, break. Stay with us. by Palestinian poet Taha Muhammad Ali. At times I wish I could meet in a duel the man who killed my father and raised our home, expelling me into a narrow country. And if he killed me, I'd rest at last. And if I were ready, I would take my revenge. But if it came to light when my rival appeared that he had a mother waiting for him, or a father who'd put his right hand over his heart's place in his chest whenever his son was late, even by just a quarter of an hour, for a meeting they'd set, then I would not kill him, even if I could. Likewise, I would not murder him if it were soon made clear that he had brothers or sisters who loved him and constantly longed to see him. Or if he had a wife to greet him, and children who couldn't bear his absence, and whom his gifts would thrill. Or if he had friends or companions, neighbours he knew, or allies from prison or hospital, or classmates from his school, asking about him and sending him regards. But if he turned out to be on his own, cut off, like a branch from a tree, without a mother or a father, with neither a brother nor a sister, wifeless, without a child, and without kin or neighbours or friends, colleagues or companions, then I'd add not a thing to his pain within that loneliness, not the torment of death and not the sorrow of passing away. Instead, I'd, con- I'd be content to ignore him when I passed him by on the street, as if I convinced myself that paying him no attention in itself was a kind of revenge. Listening to Palestine remembered on 855 AM and 3cr.org.au forward slash podcasts. And uh, thanks again for joining us, Amr. Amr will be joining us in Melbourne July 10 to 14, performing at the Arts Centre in Melbourne, July 10 to 14, his play, the play Taha. And uh, uh, listeners to Palestine Remembered can use the code Taha 
for $40 tickets. Otherwise, um, and we look forward to seeing you. So Saturday, July 14 at 2 p.m. there's a matinee. Otherwise, there's evening shows at 7.30 p.m. July 10, 11, 12, 13 and 14. Now, I'm a, now you're a Palestinian as both Yusuf and I are, and each of us has a unique Nakba story. Story. Can you tell us you know, yes. your, your Nakba story? Can you share that with us? Actually, my my story is very similar to Taha's story because my grandfather passed almost the same journey of Taha, and he we we are a family. We are coming from uh, 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 a village called Qadita in north of Palestine, and in twenty uh, eighth uh, of October nineteen forty eight, uh, the Israelis attacked. Uh, the village and they destroyed the village and all the people of the village uh, flee to Lebanon, most of them to Lebanon and some they flee to uh, to Jordan and uh, Syria and then uh, some of the people which is uh, my grandfather was amongst them they uh, snuck back to Palestine uh, during I think uh, the year of uh, 1950 and they started their lives again in uh, new villages close to their uh, uh, original uh, uh, homes. And he couldn't go back um, to his village again. And we couldn't uh, go back. We are we were not we still not allowed to go into uh, the area of our uh, village Qadita. And he rebuilt, rebuilt his life from nothing in uh, in the village uh, in the village in the north called uh, Jesh, and he tried to remain in his homeland uh, during his life and build a family. And um, the result of this story, and today I live in Haifa uh, by chance, but my cousins. Uh, uh, they live in Ain uh, al-Hilwi in Lebanon and in al-Yarmouk uh, in Syria and some of them in Erbid in uh, in Jordan. So by chance, I'm uh, the, I'm you know I'm I'm by chance I'm I'm part of the story. My story is you know is that I'm living in Palestine uh, uh, now. I'm and not in Lebanon or Syria or Jordan. So this is uh, this is kind of story. Uh, my story as Palestinian. Amr, um, um, please um, give us a profile of the Palestinian theater. In general, we know that uh, the Palestinian theater, like any uh, other uh, element of the Palestinian society, has been affected under occupation or siege or marginalization in the 48 areas. We know uh, that major uh, theaters like uh, Al-Qasaba or, or similarly. So please... Tell us more about the Palestinian uh, theater in general, whether under occupation in Gaza or in 48 areas, but hopefully in about two minutes. Yeah, Uh, listen, I think it's uh, um, mainly uh, we lack the industry of theater. Like there is no industry of, uh, uh, there's no movement of making theater uh, at all. And this is because of the occupation. This is because you don't rule the land anymore and you fight on your basics every day and you are not and people are really busy uh, from taking care of theater so we lack that industry so what the occupation could control this the money 
they could control the sources. So you can't really make a scene of theater as people can do in Melbourne or in London or in anywhere else in a normal kind life uh, uh, in the world. And But what they can't do for the uh, Palestinian art of theater is uh, preventing people from doing uh, art and to do good art you don't need you don't need that the industry you need the good tools and you need to be professional and you need to be and you need to have that desire and you need to be open so you can do good theater and art even if you are under occupation so uh, uh, the scene is mixed uh, 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 industry-wise, money-wise, it's so poor scene. It's just something that you uh, uh, um, big major theaters are closed today. Al Midan Theater in Haifa, Al Qasabi Theater in Ramallah. But on the other hand, a lot of people, Palestinian artists and actors and directors, they do great stuff. That traveling around the world, and they uh, they are part of uh, many international. Uh, important projects around the world and we do very well on the other hand because we believe that good art doesn't need just the money it needs the soul to do it so this is kind of how I see the picture of the Palestinian theater Fantastic, thanks Amr Again listeners, if you want to see Amr uh, he'll be here July 10 to 14 performing Taha at the Art Centre in Melbourne if you go to their website Art Centre Melbourne you'll be able to book Remember, use the code TAHA for uh, discount tickets, care of Palestine Remembered. Once again, thanks so much for joining us, Amr, and we look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much for having me, and I'm looking forward to meet the people in Melbourne. I'm so excited about it. Great uh, interview, Nasser. We're looking forward to seeing uh, Amr uh, in a couple of weeks, inshallah. We can't wait. Art Centre Melbourne, July 10 to 14. Buy your tickets and use the code TAHA to get uh, cheaper tickets for that, our listeners. That's T-A-H-A. T-A-H-A, that's right. So, Nasser, uh, what else do we have uh, today? Well, I think we're just going to quickly do a 30-second uh, to one-minute update on some BDS successes. We had the Presbyterian Church in the United States have their annual national conference. And last year, the BDS motions were uh, just narrowly uh, defeated. But this year, overwhelmingly, over a dozen Palestinian, uh, pro-Palestinian resolutions were uh, voted in. And the Israeli um, or uh, Zionist uh, motions were all defeated. But they condemned the Israeli attacks. They opposed Israel's annexation of um, Jerusalem. They voted down the legislation scapegoating Palestinians. They affirmed the right of Palestinians to boycott in the BDS campaign. They stood firmly in solidarity with Palestinian churches. Um, and they challenged the, the U.S. State Department in, with regards to the um, move of the embassy to Jerusalem. We had Argentina cancel a friendly match in Israel. Shakira canceled an, uh, a concert. Dozens of U.K. Boins, uh, bands joined the cultural boycott. 
where the Lord Mayor of Dublin called for a boycott of Eurovision. Um, 11 artists and directors withdrew from the Tel Aviv International uh, LGBT Film Festival. Um, artists for Palestine UK, that 800 artists signed that. Um, and, and, and Rita Oran, or Ores, um, she cancelled a concert, she said, citing uh, health, although she's performing two days before and four days later, so I'm not sure <laughs> much how there. Will we and, go? Go so, on. And most importantly, on, the, um, on, on Wednesday, Sistra, S-Y-S-T-R-A, this is a French company that builds um, trams and trains, light rail, withdrew from their tender to support, build a rail project connecting West Jerusalem and the illegal settlements in uh, the West Bank. Excellent. Uh, so uh, boycotting Israel is a duty, actually. Uh, I want to focus uh, on uh, the good news coming out from America because we, 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 the, the news media is filling us with bad news, uh, particularly with the, the, the Trump's uh, government's uh, announcement of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and etc. So uh, in parallel with that, looks like that the civil society is uh, moving in another direction. And Absolutely. this is uh, one of the well, examples. This is a sample. But also, I mean, if you have a look at um, Jeremy Corbyn was, as you know, uh, Yusuf, we spoke about it earlier, personally, was in, in Jordan and Lebanon visiting Palestinian refugee camps. He was called on the United States to start funding UNRWA again. He said that in, if a Labor government wins, one of the first things they'll do is immediately recognize the state of Palestine. In a um, congressional... Um, uh, election in in the United States, a young woman, a 28-year-old, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she beat Joe Crawley. And this guy has not had anybody challenge him for 14 years. He had $3.6 million in funding. She had 300000 He had 12 times more money than her. She won with a 57.5% majority of the votes. Mm, yeah. And during the, the opening of the... Um, Israeli embassy, as you remember in the, the marches, uh, Yusuf and our and listeners, girls, of course. The, uh, the massacre that occurred only 60 kilometers away, she tweeted, this is a massacre. I hope my peers have the moral courage to call it such. No state or entity is absolved of mass shooting of protesters. There is no justification. Palestinian people deserve basic human dignity as anyone else. Democrats can't be silent about this anymore. Now, uh, this is in the state of New York, in the Bronx. I mean, for, for all... The stronghold know, of the pro-Israeli lobby, very, historically. Very. And she's now going to be running against a, a, a Republican in a, in a traditionally Democrat sort of area. And if she wins, she'll become the youngest woman ever elected to Congress and elected to Congress after tweeting such a pro-Palestinian thing. I think, you know, the tide it's is slowly turning. It's, it's uh, shifting, definitely. Yeah. So now, Nasser, in uh, two and a half minutes, uh, there is also another point we want to touch on, I, I think. <laughs> well, our, our, our fanta- we've had a, um, The Guardian reported on um, uh, trips of our senators and MPs overseas in their declaration of interests. And one thing that they drilled into was uh, overseas-sponsored trips by foreign entities. And, you know, the whole, the whole of Australia is freaking out about... Um, China, and we're really um, quite sinophobic. Um, Pauline Hansen said, you know, we're being swamped. But it'll be interesting, Yusuf, and I'd love for your commentary here. We had 102, the most country visited, 102 sponsored trips. And remember, these are business class, so sort of twenty or $30,000 per politician. 102 sponsored trips. Let's guess. To Israel. Oh, I thought uh, Sri Lanka, maybe. No. No, Israel. Second place. Second place. Our major trading partner, with 63 to China, 
That's even nearly half of the destination to Israel. And less than half, this is in the past eight years, 49 to our ally to protect us from China, 49 to the United States. So in other words, Israel gets more uh, interest and more uh, travel than China and the United States combined nearly. Well, our major trading partner, so our biggest customer, and our major ally who we need to be protected, who we need as protection from our major trading partner, is 112 trips in eight years. We had 102 full trips paid, business class, etc., to the state of Israel. And this is meant to go unnoticed. It goes silently. And we know that this is one of the tools of the Israeli lobby to pay for MPs and congressmen to visit Israel and to see the uh, the country that turned the desert bloom and of course avoiding or or, or preventing them from seeing the reality. Oh no, I, I've heard that in fact part of the um, Israeli sponsored trips is they do they do get to um, go to Palestine. They spend eight days there and for about an hour they drive them through Ramallah. But just c- to, c- can I hear on this <laughs> point? I I saw the itinerary of Deakin University's uh, in-country program mm-hmm. of uh, Middle East uh, or uh, Middle East studies students. Now, they were supposed to spend two weeks uh, in occupied territories, or let's say occupied territories and Israel, Mm -hmm. but the itinerary uh, was outsourced to an Israeli travel agency, Mm -hmm. and they wrote, they actually determined each and every destination, and in no way this was an even so while the university can say that this we, we we went to the Palestinian territories and Israel, but in reality it was eighty percent twenty percent ratio. Oh yeah, look, I think eighty and twenty would be be flattering them. Nasser, before we end the show, I would like to announce our next week's guest. An iconic resistance figure, uh, Shirin Isawi from Al Isawiya neighborhood in East Jerusalem. Herself, her siblings, her family, her parents, um, nearly all of her relatives have spent some good time in Israeli prisons, and she will share with us her steadfastness journey. So uh, that's it with uh, that's it uh, for this week. Uh, thank you, Nasser, for thank another you. episode. And until we meet uh, next week, uh, this is Nasser, Yusuf, and Robert. He's not here, but he says hello. Wishing you the best of time and salam.